Welcome to Reyes on Astrology, and I'm your host, Raya Marshall, where I use the lens of traditional astrology and translate it for those living in modern times. Today I have Laura from Sixth House Astro joining me to discuss the astrology of February 2023. We talk all things Aquarius with a touch of Pisces in there. She's also part of the late 80s, early 90s babies with Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune in all in Capricorn the AOL generation, where the internet began its grasp on all of us and the first concepts of social connection through the means of this web of data began to really emerge. Find Laura on Instagram at six.house.astro. I also have her social media handle in the show notes along with her website. As always, if you like what you hear, think of rating the podcast. It makes the machine happy. If you really enjoy my work and want regular exclusive content, consider joining me over on Patreon. There you'll receive discounts on consultations, new and full moon rising sign horoscopes, monthly presentations on various astrological topics, and bonus content when I feel inspired by the cosmos. So sit back and enjoy the astrology of February 2023. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. If you are a recurring listener, welcome. If you are a new listener today, I have Laura with Six House Astro to go over the February astrology of 2023. Welcome, Laura. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe any projects you have going on, where you're located, um, things that you really enjoy about astrology or specialize in. Okay. Well, hi, everyone. My name's Laura. I am the person behind Sixth House Astro. I'm an astrologer based in Austin, Texas, but I also um, do readings for people all over the world um, via Zoom. So you can find me on Instagram at six.house.astro. That's the number six, T-H dot house dot astro. Sometimes people think it's like six spelled out. So I always like to clarify that. Um, and then I also have a website. It's sixhouseastro.com. Again, it's the number six TH. Um, currently, I'm in like the last week of doing my 20% off and buy one, get one deal for my readings. So if you um, purchase any one of my readings currently, it is 20% off. And um, if your reading is longer than 30 minutes, um, you qualify for the BOGO deal. And so I'll email you the link for that and it'll send you back a code once you set that up. And it's good for um, any reading uh, that's listed in the BOGO deal on my Instagram posts for 60 days from the day of purchase. Um, so there's that. And then I have a couple of writing projects coming up that I'm working on. And then I also have, um, I think I'm going to start doing, um, private astrology lessons as well. So I'm starting to formulate that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I have going on on my end. Um, as far as my practice goes, I've been studying astrology since I was about nine years old. I first read my horoscope in the back of my cousin's magazine and I was just like instantly hooked, knew I had to have more. So I would like sneak onto AOL every day after school and read like tarot.com's articles on astrology that Rick Levine would write. Um, 
and yeah, I've just been spending a solid chunk of both my childhood and adulthood learning astrology. Um, my favorite kind that I've found through my studies is um, definitely Western astrology with a modern psychological focus. I do like using Placidus because I really like looking at interceptions for like um, like natal birth charts and stuff like that um, and things. But I would say that's definitely my favorite type of astrology to focus on when I'm doing my readings for people. Um, but I also do astrocartography and Saturn return charts, transit chart readings, um, things like that. Um, so yeah, I guess that's about it for about me right now. <laughs> you can um, hear my cat in the background. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's okay. We enjoy to have animals come and uh, help us. The days of AOL. Oh, times have changed. <laughs> oh my God, I know. <laughs> I know. We'll see what the future holds. Um, so awesome. Uh, th once again, thanks for coming on. So let's just like kind of jump into February. February is a short month if you follow a calendar year. Um, so like realistically, typically it's not as crazy as some months that have 31 days where it seems like it keeps dragging on and on. Um, but we start out the month with all planets in direct motion. Um, you do have to remember that Uranus is just stationed. So it is moving really snow, slow, if not like crawling in the sky. But everything is like operating in the um, motion that it, planets typically move in. We have an exalted Venus in the sign of Pisces. We have Saturn still in Aquarius, which is its traditional rulership. And we have the sun in the furthest sign from its home sign of Leo. Um, and that's kind of how like the month starts off. It's a relatively slow month. You know, we don't have like a full moon, a new moon happening right away. Um, it, it lingers into the first week towards the end of the first week. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have that Venus like pretty much through most of February in Pisces and giving us a little bit of reprieve from you know, that Mercury, or excuse me, that Mars retrograde in, in um, Gemini that just seemed to drag on forever um, in that sense. And Definitely then, agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just nice to have, a, like, I feel like we've been, haven't had a lot of water energy, um, you know, like we have Neptune and Pisces, but there hasn't really been a lot since like, um Scorpio season so now we have Venus which is really like bringing bringing a little bit more balance to the chart um but on February 4th we have our first uh first major transit that we're going to talk about we have the sun in Aquarius square Uranus and Taurus um Uranus is moved minutes if not maybe a degree since it's stationed on the 4th so I'd love to hear your thoughts or feelings about the Sun Square Uranus. Um, yeah, with Sun Square Ur Sun Square Uranus, um, I really feel like we're gonna see the Sun in Aquarius kind of act out and rebel even more, especially because there's that tension there from that square to Uranus, which is in Taurus. And Taurus is a very grounded, earthy sign. It doesn't always feel so comfortable in Uranus. So um, I think we're going to see 
maybe some people kind of like acting out a little bit and like trying to break free from restrictions or like any holds placed on them or anything like that. At least that's what I'm hoping for. I've got some things going on in my life where I could certainly use that. Yeah. And I could definitely see some people just feeling super restless so that there is this urge to rebel or like defy or break away from something because it just seems like everything is, you know, there these two planets are connecting in a fixed sign. So fixed signs are solid. So they don't necessarily want to move. So there might be this urge to kind of break the self from what feels unmovable. And Uranus already kind of does that. It breaks, it breaks, it, um, you know, shows the stress fractures and something that has seemed solid. Um, but I definitely can see people feeling like a, a real big urge to kind of express themselves and their, their personal freedoms or express their individuality in some sort of way. For sure. I think it's definitely going to impact that full moon in Leo the next day. Like definitely mm-hmm. going to set the tone for that. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause we have, I mean, Leo's a fixed sign. So there's this fixed energy in the air. So that's like a great transition moving on into the, into the full moon on the fifth. And it's also, once again, Uranus is involved in this full moon. Um, and it just emphasizes that Leo Aquarius access of like, um, you know, sovereignty and personal freedoms or like individuation or like following some sort of group mentality, something like that. Yeah, I really feel like especially because Leo and Aquarius are involved, I think it could be a lot of like the self, like the individual versus like the like collective I think we could see that theme kind of play out here yeah I think that so like Aquarius is some people often forget that like yes it's individuation and stuff like that but it's also like a collective mindset like a lot of the times when I think of Aquarius I think of like an ant colony like everyone has their place they all work together they're all like incoherent in cohesion with each other but at the same time like they have their own jobs and responsibilities and they don't kind of step on each other's toes Um, exactly yeah and the the full moon is also loosely sextile mars and gemini so mars is i mean depending on the orbs that you use i typically stay within like five degrees um especially for illumination but you know you might feel that mars energy coming through on the full moon with leo um Mm -hmm. and once again it's that same those same (laughs) themes of the sun and aquarius um, and Uranus square is like, you know, feelings of liberation or self-realization, um, you know, maybe even speaking your mind in a way that might ruffle some feathers, even though, um, you know, there is Mars making a harmonious aspect to the moon. Um, yeah. What what are your feelings on this full moon? Um, honestly, I really think that this full moon is going to be like I said, that whole couple of days is probably going to be a big period of rebellion. You know what I mean? I feel like Mm -hmm. people are, we can see people like quitting their jobs to like (laughs) focus more on themselves or like people leaving a friend group behind that like no longer feels right for them. Um, 
you know, like themes like that, I feel like could really be coming to play here. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with like Uranus being involved, like the planet of sudden events and surprises, like it, there could be like an event that could be the catalyst for all of this for certain people, if that makes sense. Um, and then of course, you know, that sextile to Mars, um, you know, Mars is the energy. Mars is the fire that gets lit under our asses, right? So, you know, you throw that in there and we could definitely see some sudden events popping off where people are acting out and rebelling against like a group of some sort. This could even, like I said, workplace, friends, something like that, social groups, something. But I feel like we could be seeing a lot of that energy. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, especially with that, um, like, you know, I feel like a, a Leo moon placement in general can sometimes be over the top mm-hmm. and like want to take the center stage or not know when to like kind of tone it down. And with that Uranus, it might just be like sudden explosions. Um, if you have children, I guarantee your children are going to be a lot more um, needing a lot more attention around this full moon. Um, I have a Leo moon child at home and it's like, sometimes there's just there's no stopping and it's it's all about me or I need undivided attention so it's something to be mindful of I like to throw in like if you have kids pay attention to this um but yeah Uranus definitely that catalyst for change um but with the fact that Uranus is still moving very slow in the sky it might be that type of change where you you expect it to suddenly happen but it's a slower turning or unfolding because the planet isn't moving very fast right now or as fast as it typically does Um, yeah it could have been like something I feel like it's things that are like building up you know what I mean mm -hmm. or have been building up yeah definitely and I mean we're coming we're coming out of the last um the last moon like Saturn ruled lunation I guess well it's moon rule but that that axis of Aquarius with Saturn in home its home sign so it's kind of like building up to some sort of quote-unquote new age or just like a new feeling of energy shifting mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right so that's the full moon on February 5th <clears throat> the next transit we kind of highlighted was on February 11th we have Mercury moving into the sign of Aquarius um I love Mercury and Aquarius. It necessarily doesn't have any sort of um, like it's not exalted or like in detriment, anything like that. But I, it, I don't know. I just feel like Mercury and Aquarius, it, it's it's a good time, basically. Um, and Mercury will be here until March 2nd. Mercury is just coming out of its retrograde as we're recording this. So by the time it reaches Aquarius, it's moving pretty fast. It's still picking up some speed. So it's not moving like as typically fast as it would. Um, but, you know, Mercury and Aquarius is things like progressive thoughts or like, um, but tied in some sort of traditional way. Um, just because there, it is a Saturn ruled sign. Um, you also might find yourself a little bit more socially or group oriented um, once Mercury leaves Capricorn and moves into Aquarius. Um, I also like to think of the mad scientist. I think of uh, Back to the Future. Um, oh my God, Doc! Right? Is that his name? The yeah. guy. Yeah, I think of I think of Doc when I think of Mercury and Aquarius. It's like this guy that's out on the fringes of society. And he's completely crazy and he's lost his mind. 
but he's like super progressive thinking and just does his thing and he doesn't care yeah yeah that makes sense I could definitely see him being a Mercury and Aquarius <laughs> definitely um so what are you like most excited about with Mercury moving into Aquarius or what are you most like paying attention to when Mercury moves into Aquarius <clears throat> well one thing I like about Mercury moving into Aquarius is that it's still forming that conjunction with Pluto and Capricorn, which is like so close to moving into Aquarius itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to think of Pluto as the bulldozer planet. Um, you know, whatever it touches, it just radically transformed. Um, and that can be, you know, like Pluto, it likes to live in those cycles of like death and rebirth and like the transitional phases, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I feel like with this conjunction happening on this day, um, I feel like the words that we say can be again, very transformational and very powerful. I feel like they could maybe have the pot, like the potential to heal, you know, um, Pluto is a very regenerative healing planet. Um, but, you know, depending on how you work with or view Pluto, some sometimes that can be destructive. Sometimes our words could also have the power to like, you know, hurt people. So mm-hmm. I think it's one of those um, conjunctions to be mindful of on this day, as especially as Uh, Mercury moves into Aquarius Um, you know Aquarius and Capricorn are both Saturn ruled Um, but in 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 modern astrology Aquarius gets that little spice from Uranus Um, so you know maybe there's just some um, I think maybe some important conversations like very transformational and powerful conversations could be being had today I think that's another possibility um I view conjunctions a lot as new beginnings as well so maybe like conversations around starting something new or like a new relationship or like a new business partnership or like some some sort of pivotal conversation that ushers in something new yeah exactly and um like what you can think of is good like going off of that um new cycle is when mercury was in cancer in the summer was kind of like the opposing pluto was like the full moon so like things were coming to light or being revealed and during this conjunction in capricorn it's like the the starting it's like a cyclical cycle of what was happening for you or was present for you during that cancer season in like i think it was like july time period when right around the opposition happened um so it could be playing on top of what has already been happening or a further unfolding of, you know, something that's been hidden or, um, you know, something that has been up on in the corners of your mind, kind of. Um, I wonder, too, like, this is something that I've just been kind of thinking of is Mercury. When Mercury makes the conjunction to Pluto, maybe it's like a little bit of foreshadowing of what the... Pluto um, transiting through Aquarius is going to be like because Mercury is the messenger of the gods so maybe he's like you know making the conjunction at the 29th degree and then moving into Aquarius and being like okay this is this is kind of how things are going to go so maybe it might be worth to paying attention to news headlines something like that Um, you know that's just my that's just my 
inkling. I don't have any like hard evidence that that's going to happen, but I could see it as foreshadowing for Pluto and Aquarius, you know, which yeah. is another major transit coming up. Um, we're going to get a taste of it later this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. So February 15th, <clears throat> let me just advance the chart so I can have eyes on it. February 15th, um, we have Venus and Neptune conjunct in Pisces. Um, you know, having Venus connect to Neptune, it's like Neptune just dissolves and removes boundaries and borders. And Venus is like the way we relate to others, the way we experience the senses. So like, you know, sight and hearing and taste, stuff like that. Um, Venus too, I think that, did I already say this? Um, it's not always romantic connections, it's social connections as well, too. So it's like, you know, you don't have to have an intimate relationship with someone to experience Venus. But Venus and Neptune conjunct in Pisces, um, it's very romantic feeling. I, I think of just like, just like a glamorized version of what love and romance is. Um, you know, very cinematic, um, very soft and gentle but at the same time it might feel like it's all an image you know and it's it's not based in reality and in, in the sign of Pisces um, but it might be one of those things that it's great to play into the image and get lost in the fantasy or get lost in the cinematography of life for a little bit and escape reality so it doesn't always have to be a bad thing um, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, Venus and Neptune conjoining in Pisces <clears throat> yeah I've heard um astrologers refer to Neptune as the higher octave of Venus mm -hmm. um because you know like like you said Venus it's like all relationships it's literally like our way of relating to the other right um yeah. it's um also our um aesthetics and our personal values um those are also ruled by Venus um and then I the where the higher octave part comes in for me is that um the neptunian dissolution of those of like boundaries and whatnot make it like a very compassionate like we are all one we all come from the same source type of love mm -hmm. um it's a very spiritual type of love um neptune is also the planet of um glamour and illusion and to me neptune can also kind of show us where in the chart we sometimes wear these rose-colored glasses and don't want to see things for what they are um so with that that being said, with Venus conjunct Neptune, I always advise as well, just to make sure you're actually seeing things at face value and not seeing things like the way you want them to be seen, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes, exactly. There's there's a tendency to get lost in fantasy with that Neptune energy where, you know, you're not seeing reality um the way it actually is I I think of like I think of like when you choose to hear what someone's saying because you don't like what they're saying type of thing like you choose to pick out those parts that you like something like that 
Exactly. Um, yeah, but that rose like that's a very common analogy for like Neptune or for Venus and Pisces as well too is having those rose colored glasses for everything. Um, mm-hmm. And choosing not to look at the bad or the negative or however you want to say it, something like that, or the disturbing or the ugly, because Venus is exalted in the sign of Pisces. She's an honored guest. So it's like she wants the beauty. She wants the nice things when she's in Pisces and she chooses not to look at the bad things or the ugly things. Right. Like, is it love or is it <laughs> love bombing? You know yeah. what I mean? example exactly I think of like I just think of like you know having a crush in middle school where you're like oh my god this person is perfect or even just like idolizing a celebrity in middle school like they're the image of what beauty what love is and you're lost in this romantic image of dating one of the NSYNC members something like that Mm -hmm. yeah So February 15th should be interesting. It's right before Valentine's Day if you celebrate it. So, um, you know, don't put your eggs in one basket when it comes to your image of love type of thing. Yeah. All right. So uh, next transit we have is February 16th. We have the Sun and Saturn conjunct in Aquarius. This is the last Sun-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius until like 20, like 28 to 30 years. Um. Because Aquarius is moving into Pisces in a couple of months. So this is like that last hurrah of the sun meeting up with Saturn in a Saturn ruled sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think of like, I think of like having a realization of preserving your, preserving your vitality, preserving your energy, something like that. Maybe even having a realization of like what you give your energy to or the people or the things that you choose to like give your time and energy to because we have Saturn as the ruler of time Saturn rules cycles so and the sun is our vitality our energy our um our our body if you would say um yeah I was gonna say I think this could be a time where we're like setting some boundaries as well personal boundaries mm -hmm. um you know what I mean protecting our own personal energy on that note because that's the other thing Saturn likes to restrict and sometimes like you know sometimes we can't just like be there constantly you know for others if our cups are empty you know what I mean Mm -hmm. we can't fill from an empty cup so Saturn at this time could be calling on us to place those personal boundaries that are going to be important so I think that's enough and like I said, with conjunctions, those are like new beginnings. So these could be new boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be like Venus Neptune pushes you over of having no boundaries and just like letting everyone in. And Saturn and the Sun and Saturn conjunction the next day kind of sets a hard reality of like, okay, it's time to like think of myself a little bit more than like just spreading love to everyone type of thing yeah yeah it's time to take off the rose colored glasses (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's like a slap of reality in the face like immediately the next day after this lovely venus neptune in pisces like old man saturn comes through and is just like nope 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 party's over no (laughs) go exactly (laughs) Yeah, Saturn tends to bring some, like, a serious sense of uh, reality. And I think with it in Saturn and Aquarius, it's it's thinking of future reality. 
you know, as opposed to Saturn and Capricorn is thinking of like, not immediate, but more tangible, you know, within arm's reach reality. I think of Saturn and Aquarius as like distant future reality, something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So the next transit we have is February 18th. We have the sun moving into Pisces. So just as soon as the sun entered Aquarius, it is out and into Pisces. So, um, yeah, so the sun takes on a much more feminine um, energy because Pisces is a feminine sign. It's double bodied. So it's that sense of being in between seasons. If you look at it from just like a, a typical northern hemisphere. So it's like we're still in winter, but we're starting to transition into fall a little bit more. Or excuse me, not fall. Oh my gosh, spring. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my experience with P- Pisces Sun in general, it's like they have this sense of faith and hope, but there's also this sense of being a little bit lost or confused or um, maybe even not melancholy, but being a little bit um unsatisfied with material life or like material existence um where it's like you want to believe in something higher than the self but yet you're stuck in this body and you have to go to work nine to five and stuff like that and it's kind of a bummer um so that's that's kind of how I think of like the sun in Pisces a lot of the times um you know, you might notice that we're playing into fantasy a little bit more. I know that when the sun moves into Pisces, I typically get lost in like reading. Like I, I fully in, engulf myself in a book and I get lost in the, in, in between the lines, stuff like that. Um, yeah. So what are you most like uh, looking forward to with the sun in Pisces or your interpretation of the sun in Pisces? Sun in Pisces for me, well, Pisces is the ruler of my eighth house. So mm-hmm. for me, oh, you're a Leo I, rising. I am. I'm a Leo rising too. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so Sun in Pisces for me, the, this time of year is when, like, you know, the, the eighth house is the house of other people's stuff, as I, I like to call it. Um, so it's like, you know, you've got debts, taxes, inheritances, things like that. For me, usually this has been like, I start taking care of my taxes finally, because it's like, okay, do I finally have all of my W-2s, blah, 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 you know, like at, like all my paperwork, all my blah, 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 that's in a row. So usually Pisces season at some point in time is when I start taking care of taxes. <laughs> How fun you know shared resources all that stuff what you owe a lot of people forget that about the eighth house it's also very much so like money owed Mm -hmm. Mm, fun (laughs) yeah I think of like like a side note I think of the eighth house as just obligations it's the obligations that you have to other people other businesses organizations something like that um, you know, the things that you've signed up for, and now it's your turn to take care of those things that you've signed up for. I mean, you didn't sign up to do taxes, but unfortunately, <laughs> you were born in the United States, so you have to do the taxes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah, that's kind of how it is for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, the sun, in, so for me, at least, sun in Pisces is the hardest thing for me to understand maybe because I'm a Virgo sun so I have like that 
opposing view. And it's just, I can't grasp my head around sun and Pisces, but those, those like what I've experienced with natives with sun and Pisces is there's this quality of floating almost to them mm-hmm. where they seem to just kind of like, I'm not saying that they're not hard workers or they're not determined, but there's this sense of floating or there's this sense of organically moving through life and not really trying to force things. Um, yeah. I think of Pisces as just a very gentle sign. Um, you know, if you think of like the the symbol or the constellation of Pisces, it's fish, fishes fl- swimming in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. So there's this sense of being able to go with either current no matter where you're being you know no matter which way the current is going type of thing um yeah I I you know I think of like you know it seems like anything is kind of possible I know for me with the sun moving into Pisces there is this returned sense of hope um for future days because I live in a very cold northern hemisphere climate so I'm like finally there's a glimmer of hope for springtime (laughs) Um, and you know, I feel like a lot of people kind of experience that with Pisces. It's like, okay, winter is finally starting to taper off. The seasons are getting ready to change, but they're not changing just yet. We still have to get through these last legs of winter time. Um, so my take on Pisces is because it is the 12th and the last sign of the Zodiac. I feel like Pisces is so it's such a perfect embodiment of all 12 signs and it has this given that it has this compassionate understanding of people a lot of the pisces i know are like that just have this very like innate and compassionate understanding of people and like um are very empathetic and are very intuitive and like do want to be there for like their loved ones you know what I mean a lot Mm -hmm. of the Pisces I know also do struggle with boundaries in that area Um, but another thing I notice about like Pisces sons in particular um, is they tend to be the most easily influenced by other placements in their chart like for example I've met so many Pisces sons you wouldn't know they're a Pisces sun because they've got like a Capricorn moon and they just gives them this like dry sarcastic mm-hmm. again you'd think they're a Capricorn but they're not they're a Pisces mm-hmm. um I think of also with like Pisces I think of Elizabeth Taylor like and her love life and I look at her chart and she has Venus and Aries and I'm like of course like her love life is such a Venus and Aries story but mm-hmm. she's a Pisces son you know what I mean like it's just they're so easily influenced by a lot of their other placements yeah um, so that's something I think about a lot with Pisces I, like individually as a zodiac sign so what I really like you were speaking to with that um, Pisces energy is they awful often like absorb other placements or there's this sense of like being influenced by outside forces or energy around them. So there's this sense of like no boundaries, you know, not protecting or preserving your unique energy or ability and just kind of absorbing everyone else's around you. Um, I also think it's fascinating that Pisces is associated with the feet. So there's a sense of like the feet connects literally the whole entire body and is the foundation that everything else stands on. 
Um, and I always think about this too with Pisces is, you know, they're typically the last rising sign horoscope. So they're like the last and everything else is built upon them so that there's a sense of collecting everything in front of them and kind of morphing and absorbing it into their own um, personality or, you know, experience something like that. Mm-hmm. I've noticed a lot of the ethereal quality of Pisces tends to come out more in the rising sign rather than like sign. I, I would say moon and especially rising, you get that really like ethereal quality. Yeah, like definitely. Pisces quality. Like there's and something then- about, so my daughter's a Pisces rising and she has Neptune right on the ascendant. Um, Ooh. But there's, yeah. <laughs> So there's this like something about like what I've experienced with Pisces rising people, especially is they have this like, it's not translucent skin, but there's some sort of like what you're saying, like ethereal quality to their skin. Like there's this soft or gentle or like, um, I don't know how to put it, but there's something about the skin that just stands out to me. Um, you know, maybe pale skin, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, right. I was I was gonna say yeah. Um, the the feet and then like um, what else does Pisces rule? Is it like the sinus system, like the mucous membranes? Um, yeah, like Pisces season is always when my allergies tend to get bad around here. So <laughs> yeah, threats of tiny organisms entering your body, unseen little things that are not organisms, but unseen little pollens entering into your body and attaching to your sinuses right very <laughs> pisces <laughs> indeed all right so february 20th we have our next major ingress is venus moves into the sign of aries um yeah what about venus and aries um it's furthest away from its one of venus's home signs of libra um you know venus takes on a more marsy quality or more like masculine fire quality when she moves into aries um what's your take on mar or excuse me venus and aries venus and aries to me it's so funny because like venus doesn't necessarily like being in aries but it venus i feel like can still have fun in aries like it's very like love at first sight like thrill of the chase kind of vibes to me um very like xena warrior princess if you remember that show yeah that's that is so venus and aries Mm -hmm. um just yeah just like being an all-around like yeah like the feminine warrior like Mm -hmm. that that archetype for sure yeah. And um, so with Venus moving into Aries as well, too, like you might find that people are a little bit more defensive with their values or their possessions, like they're much more protective over it with that feminine warrior quality. Or just like people are a little bit louder or more um, amped to like state their values, their moral values, something like that, or um, just I don't know it just Venus and Aries to me is a little bit louder than some of the other Venus placements we go from like a soft receptive Venus and Pisces to like Venus and Aries which is much more forward driven or um assertive 
Yeah, and I was going to say, it's also on the day of the new moon in Pisces, which is so funny to me, like, you have, like, this very, like, soft, like, compassionate energy, but, like, you know, Venus just, like, moves into Aries, which is the opposite of that. It's very, like, loud, boisterous, me first, like, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 those type of vibes, so, um. Yeah, it should be, an, be an, it should be an interesting dynamic on that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that'll that's kind of funny. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you could even notice, you know, depending on chart placements or anything like that, you could even notice that there's a sort of change or shift with how you relate to others as well, too. Um. Mm-hmm just because Aries is a cardinal sign. So it's, it's a turning point in the year. Um, and it's kind of, it's said to like bring on new, it's the first sign of the Zodiac. It's um, fire sign, stuff like that. But, you know, I think of some people might be a little bit too ambitious with maybe new moon intentions where we have this new moon in Pisces, those rose colored glasses come on. And then Venus in Aries is kind of saying like, yeah, we can totally do this and like be a little bit too big for the britches type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or just like like this feeling of acting too soon before like we just slowly let things unfold. Um, you know, I think of Aries as very impulsive. So yes, yes. Yeah, I haven't really like, fully I mean I've been looking at this new moon I haven't fully unpacked it in my head yet but it should be realistically it might feel conflicting to others where we're really moving into this time of year where uh, the inner planets start moving into Aries and like leaving that wintry um, uh, second half of the zodiac type of thing and starting some sort of new cycle so I I don't know Um, yeah it's it's probably going to feel a little strange to some people which is fine because I mean Pisces itself is can be somewhat strange or just that sense of being lost or in the fantasies things like that Mm -hmm. all right so February 21st we have our I think this is the last transit that we're going to be yep this is the last transit for February that we're going to be speaking on is we have Mercury and Aquarius square Uranus and Taurus um so you know anything in Aquarius season moving through middle degrees of Aquarius is going to meet up with that square with uh Uranus and Taurus so um you know it's funny because this is right after the new moon um and I kind of feel like it's going to feel a little bit chaotic or unfocused so there might be this sense of like the new moon is super intense or like misdirection or unsure of which way to go um and then the 21st rolls around and it feels like a little bit chaotic because you have too many irons in the fire, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, or there could be like a whole thing regarding like saying something off the cuff, like maybe having like a foot and mouth moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like, especially like just like randomly like saying something without necessarily thinking it through, just saying it, I feel yeah. like that's that kind of vibe Mm -hmm. definitely um 
I've also noticed that when Mercury meets up with Aquarius in any sense, um, there can be some so sort of breakthroughs or insights. So when it's a square, you might feel at first it's a much more challenging breakthrough or insight, but squares are dynamic, so they produce results. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, you know, maybe you have some sort of realization of something that comes that is starting during the new moon. Um and the next day it kind of unfolds a little bit or even further days, just because transits don't just happen on one day. It, it's kind of like a wave. It lingers. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, yeah. Breakdowns, breakthroughs, mental breakdowns, feeling stress, yeah. anything like that. I feel like to me, this is also like a very anxious energy. So if you deal with anxiety, like I do, this could be a really fun day for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might be, and so what I've been experiencing with new moons is um, they're feeling a lot more intense than the full moons, just the energy itself. So it might be that on the 21st and around that, this intensity of the new moon, it's time to kind of like decompress and relax and not push yourself to your limits and take care of your sensual body, whether it be like, you know, if you get some sort of overstimulation um with that venus and aries venus and aries can be overstimulating on the senses um so like the end of february time period around the 20th it might be time to just kind of relax a little bit and like take it easy and not overdo it on yourself type of thing mm -hmm. yeah i would agree with that yeah so that's what we have for february it's i mean it's a short calendar month so we don't have a lot there's not a lot happening in february i mean we have you know some nice little sextiles and stuff like that um but it doesn't seem like a big month or like a like a monumental month which is nice because we have march is like it skyrockets us into a whole new like area of astrology you know mm -hmm. i was gonna say the astrology of march is uh gonna be a lot more interesting <laughs> exactly so it's the february to me seems like a nice little reprieve from or not even a reprieve but like the rest before the action type of thing you know yeah like kind of like gives us time to wind down especially you know get us um the beginning stages of those pisces season placements so <laughs> yeah exactly so thank you so much laura for coming on um that's February, guys. Uh, if you would like to check out anything that Laura does, I will link her social media handle and her website in the show notes. Um, once again, thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Oh, thanks. All right. All bye, right. guys. Bye.